What is up, Mets fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Mets Up Podcast. Just finished up a series at City Field against the Chicago White Sox. Mets won the series. Would have been great to sweep. A sweep would have been so awesome. But hey, two of three. We're excited about that. That's good. Moving forward, playing better baseball. There's always a lot to talk about here. You guys know what to do. Make sure you follow us on all our social media, at Mets Up on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Go subscribe to the New York Mets YouTube channel if you're looking for the video version of this. And if you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, whatever it is, Drop us a rating, drop us a review, download the podcast, and subscribe. James, how's it feel to be back? We were just talking about it. It has been, like, quite some time since we've done an episode in person here. Yeah, I'm trying to find the date right now because it's been almost actually an entire month. Last time we were in, this is our first episode in July. At the stadium. At, yeah, at, uh, at City Field. Wow. It's crazy. Quite a, quite a break. I mean, all-star break. Had yeah. some, like, lo- long road uh, series as well. And, like, every rain. Sunday night baseball game has been, like, up in the air yeah. with, like, the rain. So it's just... A lot going on here, bro. Good to be back, yeah, especially nice when back. they're playing better baseball, which they definitely did this series. Game one was crazy. I yeah. mean, for lack of a better term, game one was drunk. It started out also with one of the like, the best first innings the Mets have had also oh, yeah. this entire year, which is weird because the Mets going into this game were statistically probably the worst first inning team in all of baseball, especially nice. at the plate. They entered this game with a 190, 291, oh. 291 first inning triple slash. God. That batting average, slugging percentage, then, of course, ensuing... OPS were all last in Major League Baseball, nice. 30 out of 30 teams, and they only had 26 first inning runs heading into this game in 93 games played. It's an unreal little amount. Yeah, but scored scored five runs in this. First yeah. time we scored four runs in the first inning all year, and it was a big, big statement at the end of it. Back-to-back home runs by Francisco Alvarez and Brett Beatty. While this was happening, I was trying to negotiate with my landlord my new rent agreement. We were going back and forth with the numbers. I'm seeing some mm-hmm. home runs. I'm yelling. I'm like, ah, he's like, what's going on? Filled him in from Ireland. He's a Mets fan in Ireland. He oh, said, yeah. that's why I get a good deal at my apartment. Because you're knows, a Mets fan? He said, Mets fans are good people. He goes, I knew you were a good guy because you, you're a Mets fan. That is true. I would definitely, I mean, I don't know if I'm ever going to be a landlord in my life, but I'd probably, <laughs> <laughs> probably over-rent to Yankee fans. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah, junk him up 20%. Yeah, no doubt. Mets fans, you get like, you get the regular rate. For sure, yeah. yeah. You, get the, you get the real money. But really cool to see Alvarez, especially Beatty, swing the bat well in this game. Then later on in the series, they both they each hit two home runs a series, I believe. Yes. Yes, each hit two home runs a series. That, at the time, was only Beatty's, Brett Beatty's second home run since May 19th, that crazy Friday night game against the Guardians. Mm-hmm. And just really cool to see that power come. Really cool to see that power because he's still hitting the ball really hard. He's top, I, th- I have it written somewhere else in the notes, after his home run from Wednesday. He's the 39th highest average exit velocity in fly balls and line drives. Any player in baseball. Wow. Higher than Julio Rodriguez, higher than Mike Trout. Good players. Kind of hilarious, yeah. yeah. And that's just that's a stat that will take out all your ground balls because how hard a ground ball is hit is better for getting you a hit. You're more likely to get hit if you hit the ball harder on the ground, but it's a little bit more indicative of your actual power, raw power potential, how hard you're hitting the ball in the air. And that Beatty hits the ball really hard in the air. And stat I saw, this was the first time Mets rookies had gone back-to-back since Victor Diaz and Mike Jacobs <laughs> on October 2nd, 2005, which also, weirdly, Mike Piazza's last game as a Met. Yeah, that's a... Uh, Mike Jacobs and Victor Diaz, two guys, guys. who had some promise. Yeah. I don't know about Victor Diaz, but Mike Jacobs, he came on so hot in Arizona that series where he had like the three or four yeah. home runs crushed. And I remember I saw Mike Jacobs play, I think it was the first ever Brooklyn Cyclones game. I want to say it was 2000, 2001. You're shaking your head over there about John. What? Actually, yeah, Jacobs came in up in 05, so maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, a little maybe. promise. I don't think he was on that first ever Cyclones team. Look it up. I'm not going to. I think it's a no. <laughs> okay, I'll look yeah, it up. Danny right Garcia now. was the first Met that played for Brooklyn to make the major leagues. Angel Pagan was an original Cyclone. Was he really? He was, yes, oh. in the in the 01 season. I didn't know that. Also, Mark, Victor Diaz, remember his nickname, right? No. It was Mini Manny. 
Mini Manny. Yeah. Huh, I, I, so I he definitely had some is, promise. Yeah, nine-year-old Mark missed that one, I guess. <laughs> okay. I, I, I always did, forget But the did he have gap. real promise? Is that, I mean, like, or was that, like, Mets fans doing that? I think so, yeah. Okay. He, had a, he had a homer that, like, ruined the Cubs season in 05, I think it was. I mean, you were, what, like, 25, 30 at, like, in 2005? So. Mark, my head hurts right now. I don't, <laughs> I don't need this right now. <laughs> what do you got on the Cyclones there, James? Mike Jacobs was on the Brooklyn Cyclones in 2001, so. Later in the season, was he? He started the year with the Brooklyn Cyclones and then went up to the Sally League later that year. So, can I, can I, I know to, I don't want to curse, but that. can I give John the finger on the podcast? <laughs> I guess we're going to have to cut One that. One of these for John. There he is. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, right? Yeah. Supposed to be yeah. the minor league guy. What the hell? Doesn't right. know anything. Anyway, back to the game. Yeah, and you know, there were, apparently there were a lot of scouts in attendance, too, to try and get a look at Lucas Giolito, and they watched the Mets completely rip him to shreds in the first inning. Yeah, I've, I don't know if this is true or not, but I feel like I've seen him pitch a couple times against the Mets. Like, I think he had one again with the Nationals. He did not pitch well either. He's just Lucas Giolito Nationals, that's like a whole different era. Of that's true. Yeah. That is like eight years ago. It's, a, it's like a different legacy. <laughs> I don't even know. It's like a space and time away, but... Yeah, and we, this was a great start. We ended up extending the lead to 8-2 after a massive DJ Stewart home run that one marked the estimate. Lock it in. Yeah, of course. The, the one home run by DJ Stewart <laughs> actually won it for you. If that didn't happen, I would have won. And then uh, Brandon went an RBI, and then everything felt really good. It felt like it was one of those games where we are just going to you know, cruise to a nice victory tour. It felt great. Me and my dad were like high-fiving. We were hanging out on the couch. I was back home in New Jersey, just like relaxing, smiling, cracking jokes. And then Grant Harwood came in and did a good job, and then he came out for the third appearance or the third inning yeah. of work. It wasn't technically like the third inning, but yeah. second up down. He came in to clean up like a mess for Carrasco in the fifth. Yeah. The White Sox chipped away at him a little bit, and he pitched a super clean sixth, and he started the seventh. And he already had 23 pitches under his belt in the outing when that seventh inning began. And this was, I believe, the top of the White Sox order because it was Ben Tandy and then Tim yeah. Anderson. Ben Tandy wound up walking. Tim Anderson got a single, and then he did get a big strikeout of Luis Robert, and it was very, very stressful at bat, something that I was a little bit nervous about watching at the time, but then he got it, and then he came out, though, and Trevor got kind of got lit up. Yeah, he got, got lit up a little bit, and then we had to go to Brooks Raley, using three relievers in the seventh inning, a bit frustrating. Yeah, and a game a frustrating. Where, especially a game where you're winning by six runs. And especially Hart, Hartwick had so many pitches under his belt. He's been pitching a lot recently, too. I feel he's like, been doing really well. He's, no, he's doing great. This, give, it, a, give a shout-out to John there. Yeah. John's been a Hartwick guy from the beginning. Now I redeem myself on the minor league side of things, yes. right, Vito? <laughs> Luckily, Brooks really did come in after a wild pitch, ended up shutting down the door, yeah. kept it close, kept it at 11-9. But yeah. then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, damn. Day that we thought maybe Robertson or Ottavino wasn't going to have to pitch, we had to go to those guys. Ottavino was great in the eighth, mm -hmm. nice and easy. And then Robertson came in in the ninth, had a little bit of difficulty, had a little bit of issues. Got, got a little to, sweaty. Got to 11-10, and you're yeah. like, oh, got hot in here all of a sudden. Like, what who, are we doing? I don't remember who made the last out, but it was on a breaking ball that was really in the strike zone. Yeah. Really pitched a hit. They just popped up. Is it Jake Berger? I don't think it was Jake Berger. It might have been Colas. Somebody hit the ball. Someone hit the ball hard. Yeah, and it yes. was, uh, no, it was Tim Anderson. It was Tim Anderson. It was Tim yeah, Anderson, yeah, yeah. which, I mean, he had a series. Luckily, he didn't get his first home run of the year, which... That's big. I know. And then good for us for trying not to jinx and not jinxing. Yeah. Per, like purposefully saying for it out sure. loud. Now we're going to keep this going because the Mets won the series. But as crazy this game did get towards the middle and later on, this was an incredibly great game for the Mets offense. Mets four hardest hit balls of this game all left the yard. Stewart, uh, Alvarez, Alvarez the second one, and then Beatty. Mets had three home runs, hit 420 feet or longer, tied for their most in any game in the StatCast era, courtesy of John. And then the other big story in this game was just the continued growth and development and just, I don't even know, what the rising of Francisco Alvarez. He's a freak. He's so ridiculous good. I'm seeing seventh time, two home runs, two walks for 21 years or younger, and all the other guys. Besides, in, a, in a single game. In a single game. 
Yes. All the guys besides Jason Hayward are going to be Hall of Famers or yeah. are Hall of Famers. And the first, the first like, what, two years of Jason Hayward's career, he looked like he was on track to be an all-time great, but... He's a great MLB career, yeah. let's be fair. Yeah, Mark, Mark's trying to read my shorthand here. This was the seventh time any player in baseball, age 21 or younger, had two home runs and two walks in a single game. And Alvarez did so and joined Joe DiMaggio, kind of good. Jimmy Fox, kind of good. Pretty good. Adrian Beltre, pretty good. Gary Carter, we know he's really good. And then Bryce Harper, and as Mark alluded to, Jason Hayward. So you're basically looking there at five Hall of Famers and Jason Hayward and Francisco Alvarez. And he's only sitting seven home runs now behind Johnny Bench for the most home runs in a season by a catcher 21 years or younger. Yes. Which is pretty cool. Really cool. And talk about the greatest catcher of all time, arguably. Yes. And even this year, he leads all catchers in home runs with 19 and isolated slugging percentage at 292. Yeah, he's been sick. Yes. He's been absolutely disgusting. Actually, I really like that one. I'm going to let you say that last one about Pujols sure. in there. That's okay, a good yeah. one. Well, we have tons and tons more. I went really deep on the Alvarez stats just going through notes yesterday. And these are all as of Wednesday morning, so some of them might be a little bit outdated, but as of Wednesday morning, for any hitter in baseball with a minimum of 230 played appearances, that's how many Alvarez had after the game on Tuesday, 238 played appearances. He had the 14th highest slugging percentage in baseball. Holy, 14th highest. He also has the same exact amount of home runs at this time through 74 career games as Albert Pujols. Yeah. It's pretty a pretty good, good guy to yeah, be uh, similar, similar mention with. And Pujols was publicly the same age as Francisco Alvarez. Yes, publicly. He probably was not, but he was said to be the same age as Francisco Alvarez. For sure. I mean, look, listen, this game was chaos. It yeah. was nuts. It was insane. There was a lot going on. But luckily, the Mets won. And honestly, the way that some things have gone this year, it felt like a game they could have lost. Like that... Maybe weeks ago or months ago, like you lose that one. But right now, yeah. they're playing better baseball, pushing right buttons here and there, swinging the bat well, which is always just really, really comforting to see them hit like that. It's cool to see like where like this lineup's potential is that you can just mash your way the victory against a team that doesn't really have you know the best like pitching depth or bullpen. Chicago White Sox. So you can yeah. come out in the first inning, you just barrage them, and then you give some back, and then you just have enough to win. Like yeah. that is that's kind of a good thing. We a lot of people didn't really think this Mets team had this kind of offensive punch a few months ago. Now it's very clear they do. Loki hit a lot of home runs. Ike. Yeah, it's crazy. Game two, Justin Verlander on the mound. Great start. Huge after what was probably one of his worst starts in recent memory against the Dodgers where he walked, what did he walk, like seven? Six. Seven? It, it, was, six? Like, it was bad, but it was also just like weird. Especially Correct. now, like after this start and seeing the context of Verlander's last like month, month and a half, like he's had a really good run. His full yeah. season ERA is down to three fours now, which again, in a year where the league ERA is hovering around four three, that's an incredibly good ERA. And one that's been shrinking and shrinking every single start. He went eight innings in this. His second time going eight innings this season, first in a couple of months. He only gave one earned run, three hits, one walk, and seven punch-outs. Big for me in fantasy. Yeah? Big, oh, big Oh, you made night. that trade for him recently. Yeah, I made yeah. the trade for Verlander. Big points for me last night. No, it was great. I mean, just seeing that, like, volume out of Verlander, being so in control. Like, it's just, this. that was one of the games where, like, you felt like this was Justin Verlander. It's just everything he has, he had the quick innings. We, I was watching this at, um, shout out to Kegan Lantern in Greenpoint with some friends. And he had two innings. It was the fifth and the sixth or the fourth and the fifth. And you like blinked and the inning was over. And yeah. I was like, wow, I felt like that was like 10, 12, like 14 pitches between two innings. Yeah. And the one was a nine pitch inning, the one was a five pitch inning. Yeah, my dad texted me about it because I was on the train back to New York yeah. to catch up with you guys. Yeah. And it was like, wow, that's, I mean, that's efficient. Like Verlander hasn't been able to get the swing and miss stuff as much this year or the strikeout numbers. So being able to just attack hitters and get weak contact and get outs, that's how you can go deeper and deeper into these games and really give a break to this entire team. But you really did actually get a lot of whiffs in this game. All four of the pitches he threw had multiple whiffs. His fastball got four, and something else cool about his fastball, it got, had a little more life this game, and one of my favorite things, Verlander has talked about doing this a lot in his career, something he prides himself on. The second-to-last fastball he threw in this game was his hardest pitch. Wow. 
Yeah, in the eighth inning. Yeah. So that was really cool. His slider command was also so elite against the right-handed batters in the White Sox lineup, especially Luis Robert. He just buried so many right on that corner and kind of forced them into making that split decision where I can swing at this, I decide late, I'm going to swing through it, or I'm looking for the fastball, I'm going to swing early, or I'm just going to make really weak contact. It was just right there peppered on that lower and outside corner almost every single time he threw it against the righties. And very, very funny, the White Sox, the team he's faced the second most in his career, the only team he's thrown more innings against are the Cleveland Guardians. This, was, this made it 324 career <laughs> innings against the White Sox for Justin Verlander and his 23rd win against them all time. That's so many it's innings. 324. White Sox got to be like, please, man, get out of here. We don't want to see you anymore. Right? And now over Verlander's last five starts, like I alluded to before, down to a 174 ERA. And we'd be really talking about like a Justin Verlander heater if it wasn't for that one inning over the weekend. Yeah, literally, would yeah. be. And then on the offensive side, the baby Mets are doing it again. Alvarez and Beatty both had great games. Beatty with the home run. You get to, you just get a little glimpse of that power, like you said, with him. When he hits the ball in the air and it just carries, it carries, it carries, and then all of a sudden it's gone. We've seen him take BP. Yeah, He's got some crazy lift on the ball when he gets it there. So it's just like a matter of getting a little bit more comfortable, getting that foot down early, getting in that rhythm. And Brett Beatty can do some big things. Yeah, we've seen just the way that he gets backspin on a baseball. That's something that I feel like is kind of hard to teach guys. And again, Beatty does still hit a lot of balls on the ground. There's still a lot of development going on. He's still a rookie and 23 years old. There's yeah. still a lot to go here to make him be the player that we think he can be and see the potential he still has. But like what he can do easily with that power, if you can ever find a way to channel it, if you can ever find a way to do it. And you see a guy on the other side of the field, a guy I've actually compared Beatty to a few times, I think either on this show or just like talking with you, Andrew Vaughn. Yes. And we see, you see a guy like Andrew Vaughn, who was a, even a higher draft pick than Beatty, and a college hitter, so coming in more polished. Organization leaves a little bit to be desired, <laughs> to, to put it lightly. But he's, just, he's still struggling in, in his career to get that ball, the pull side power, the pull side power. We're seeing Beatty kind of struggle with that at times now as a rookie, too. Again, Vaughn's three years in, and he's a little more developed, and still like kind of hot and cold, but he still does a lot of things well. He still doesn't really whiff that much. He doesn't really chase that much. And he hits the ball hard when he gets in the air. That's kind of the archetype for the player I think Beatty will become. No, 100%. And, I mean, the Mets got the Tuki Toussaint, which they've almost yeah. never done. It's the one team he's pitched well against in his career, which is crazy. This game started, and I saw Tuki Toussaint. I was like, what? <laughs> I, did, I had to do a double yeah. take. I'm like, wait, who's pitching? Why is he like, doing this? Who's he? Why is he here? It's also weird that they just faced Julio Terran, too, like three weeks ago yeah. on the Brewers. And it's like, what the f what's going on here? What are these teams? But, yeah, good win. Adam Adovino shut the door. Nice and easy win. Love it. Win the series. Feels good. Like we said, we lost game three. Would have loved to have a sweep. Would have loved it. But yeah. just didn't happen. The big story, I feel like, is just Quintana's Mets debut. Finally get to see him on the field. Regular season game with the New York Mets. And looked pretty solid. Yeah, I think um, I think a big a big thing about Quintana in this game is something that we're probably worried about, just missing this much of the season and like having a very, very bizarre baseball injury too, like the, the stress fracture in his rib from the tumor. Glad he's okay. He just looked completely like the Jose Quintana like we've seen pitching for the last like seven, eight years in Major League Baseball. He gave two quick runs on a bunch of soft contact and really nothing else whatsoever. Staying there for five innings, 77 pitches, two earned runs. He did labor through those first two innings, though, and I was all late getting to the game, so kind of nice for me. I got to watch a lot of it, even though, again, loss wasn't that great of a game to watch. But 42 pitches in those first two innings and only 35 over his next three, which I think is really good. He yeah. resettled in. He became very efficient. Something else was interesting. Jose Quintana, for most of his career, has had been very much a four-seam fastball curveball guy. The changeups come on years past, and the sinker's always been like well below usage on that four-seam fastball, but very sinker-heavy in the start today. 40% yeah. sinkers, well above his career average, and slightly less curveball. So maybe it's a feel thing, maybe it's adjustment. We'll definitely need to see more of Jose Quintana before we know that. Yeah, and John's dropping a status for, for us right in here. No home runs allowed in 62, 66 and two-thirds straight innings now. Longest such streak in Major League Baseball. This is for Quintana? 
That is for Jose Quintana. Wow. I, I could have just said it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I know. you do have a microphone. I know. I'm just a little woozy, honestly. I just it's that of, hat. It's cutting off the circulation. I don't Wait, you're that. woozy. Did anything did you hit in the head today? <laughs> oh yeah, Johnny. <laughs> <ice cream. laughs> Absolutely rocked in the head. If anybody out there isn't following the Mets TikTok, you definitely should be because they make great content and they made probably their favorite video I've ever seen today. Yeah, oh, easily. Yeah, Mark and I walked back into the production office after the game to like grab some stuff and get ready for the show. And like four people ran up to us. Well, you guys see the John video? <laughs> We're like, yes, we saw the John video. And we heard it took two takes, so you got hit four times. So last night, all right, so first of all, it was going to be a pitcher. That would be even worse. I'm not going to name the pitcher, but it was going to be a pitcher. Then we, we rescheduled whatever. It's Luis Guillorme. So the first thing I did when I got home last night is I looked to see his hardest throw. <laughs> and it was 87.5 miles an hour. Still fast. <laughs> really and good. I was just like, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> and also for the people with this new TikTok trend going around now, you basically just take handfuls of ice cream and throw them at people. Yeah. Yes. And the Mets, being with the trends, did one with uh, Luis Guillorme, someone ordering ice cream, you know, out of the nice little helmet. And uh, he threw the ice cream at John. At me. And so when we got behind the, the counter there, I was like, dude, I looked it up. Your hardest, your hardest throw was like 87.5. Can we dumb it down to like 40? <laughs> and he goes, dude, it's like three feet away. <laughs> and I took that as he did not say he would dumb it down. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like, what is it? The Simpsons uh, meme, I'm in trouble? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, that I'm was me. I'm in danger. <laughs> I'm in danger, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was me. And uh, if you listen to the video, you hear... You hear, oh, there was a nice, that was... A thump. Yes. How did it feel? Uh, I mean, not great. Like, <laughs> not great at all. It was, it was, yeah. It, it's called soft serve. Let me tell you, folks. Not as soft as you'd think. A, that's a dense, <laughs> that was a dense cream. Very dense. I mean, quality ice cream here at City Field. Only the best. But it was not soft whatsoever. It was quite, it's quite hard. Uh, and the worst part is they had me actually pour it out of the machine into the helmet. So oh. I was like preparing my, yeah. my own poison <laughs> only to be rocked in the head with it. That's kind of like historical times when there would be a duel, like you would check the, your opponent's gun, make yeah. sure like everything was cool. Like, yeah. yeah. Just in case. Yeah. Just like Alexander Hamilton type stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It happened in Secaucus, right? I think so. No, it was yeah. Weehawken. Weehawken. Yeah, Weehawken, Jersey. Weehawken. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good call. Jersey. Shout out. History, shout guys. History. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was a fun, fun thing. So shout out Luis for not throwing at 87.5 miles an hour, I guess. But Whatever velocity it came in at was uh, was was still pretty uh, pretty zippy. Very yeah. accurate, by the way, too. I feel like throwing ice cream can't be that easy, and he hit you right in the face. Like it was twice. Good, yeah, good twice. shots. Well, I there was a first one, and I kind of I kind of it like whizzed by my head. I was like, I had to get ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> first one, I got a little gun shy, <laughs> and then uh, the rest of them, I, I took them. So there was and there was a big crowd there. I was oh, just oh, like, are you getting hit with ice cream? Yeah, there was. I wish I knew. I would have been I here earlier. I would have showed up. There was a. <laughs> They could have sold them. They could have sold tickets. Oh, easily. <laughs> Mendez, another guy who um, works in production with the Mets. Mendez, he used to do some camera work for us last year. He had the slow motion version. Oh god! I'll tell you why. And you could like see the whole, like the skin, like ripple as it hit you. Might be sending that to Veto for the, yeah, uh, the spectacle. Yeah, dude, I had a welt. I had a welt. welt. <laughs> yeah, I had a nice little welt. And Do my, you still have? Uh, I don't think so. I think it went down. But like, it would have been like the other a, side. Yeah, there was a red mark on this side. I should have shaved also because the ice cream has been stuck in my beard <laughs> all day. I've just felt sticky and like I've smelled it, oily, disgusting. Oh, Vito had to clean me down. He had to wipe me down. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I know down. Vito yeah. loved that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, because it went down my back. You know, I, I, it was, so yeah, Vito had to give me a, an impromptu little bathroom bath. So thank you for that. Bathroom bath. Nothing, nothing really, uh, you know, makes you feel like back down to earth like a sink shower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was definitely a wake up call. Like, yep, this is what it's come to. Just taking wads of ice cream to the face and yeah. uh, 
paper toweling myself down <laughs> in the bathroom. On so. camp day. <laughs> On camp day of, of all days. Shout out to the camps. They were out mm-hmm. today. Yes. They were out. Yes. There the were kids a were of, a lot of a lot of energy from the from the kiddos in the crowd today. That, that little kid was awesome. In the ninth at the inning. End. About before the bottom of the ninth inning, yes. if anyone was in City Field on Thursday, there was <laughs> sorry, there's no He was gas. He was gas. There was a really funny kid they kept putting on the scoreboard and he was going ballistic. It started with just a lot of like, let's go Mads. And then he just was dancing like crazy. <laughs> yeah. Nah, he was he was easily the best uh, crowd shot we had all day. I oh, saw him screaming, Let's go Mets, let's go Mets. And I had a feeling. Get that kid yeah. on. It's like the Penguins. You know that, that meme, the kid of the Penguins game who's yeah. like an yeah, infant yeah. who's like going oh, nuts? No, that was yeah. the, wasn't that the Red Wings, I thought? I thought it was a Penguins but game. Yeah, the, the chubby kid that was like. Yeah. And then they like, put him on oh, and he's. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I know the Red Wings game you're talking about. I know which one you're talking about, oh, too. Yeah. We, we, we were on the same page. Yeah, nice. Yeah, same but page, yeah. different meme. Yeah, it was, it was a nice day at the ballpark. Just It would have been nice for them to get that sweep. Really would have felt good coming in this like very hot July, but two out of three is pretty good too. Yeah, how about today when I I thought today was Sunday? Yeah, oh my god! So we were we were hanging out in the uh, in the third level, three hundred section. We were just like in standing room, like watching the game, leaning on the rail. And Mark's like, "Yeah, every these Sunday day games, the Mets just can't seem to get to win them." And I look at him like, "Are you kidding me right now?" <laughs> and I was like, "What? It's Thursday, dude." <laughs> yeah, I had no clue. Thought it was Sunday. Middle late night last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, boys were bowling late, but your whole face just like went complete ghost. Like, I, I was way off in the day, but it also <laughs> did feel like that because we were in the ballpark, we were recording the episode. Yeah. Like my dad was here too. We just didn't have yeah. work today for some reason. Your dad comes as a big Sunday guy. Yeah, it did feel very Sunday-ish at the ballpark today. Last little thing here to talk about in Game Three: Omar Nervias, guys, first home run as a New York Met. Yes. Good to see. Swung the bat well today. A couple hits. Yeah. John, I think you said you had a quick little stat about the bottom of the lineup. Yeah, so the Mets did score 17 runs in the series, and 11 of those runs were driven in by the 6-9 through nine hitters wow. in the Mets lineup. So a little silver lining, even if you're feeling down about Thursday's loss, is that the bottom of the lineup's gotten it done, and you know that Lindor is going to heat up again. You know Pete's going to get it going. Brandon Nimmo's been great all year. So if all nine are hitting in the lineup, then... Good things are ahead for the New York Mets. Yeah. There is, I mean, there is this feeling. It doesn't feel like that way because Thursday they didn't really do that much. Michael Kopech did that thing where he either strikes you out or walks you, and did a lot of uh, both of them. Not but there's just like there's so much offensive potential in this lineup. We have been saying it all year, especially with the growth of Francisco Alvarez, like being a, like that right-handed masher at the middle of the order. Being debatably really the needed. best hitter on the team. Yeah, he's guys a revelation. He's unbelievable. He's one of the best. Like he's having one of the best seasons for a catcher this age ever. Yeah, history of baseball ever. Never and, been um, done. It's amazing to watch him. He's so much fun. He did that cool moment too on uh, Tuesday where he picked, or it was yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Wednesday. He picked up, he picked up Wayne Kirby's hat, like, hat and put it back on his head. Yeah, he's just he's just funny. He just likes being out there. He likes having a good time. Yeah, looks was, comfortable too. Also, a really good slide in Thursday's game, breaking Great up a double slide. play. Really uh, good slide. And it was, hard nose. It was back to back plays where Alvarez hit a rope for a single. That was a walk. He hit the rope for a single early in the game. And then uh, Beatty hit a dribbler up the middle, and he nice a nice well timed slide in second base. Elvis Andrews gave him a little bit of a look, and then the next play, another ground ball up the middle. I think it was Canna, and Brett Beatty just kind of like stayed up and yeah. like in the throwing lane. Elvis Andrews gave him a real look. He was not happy. Yeah, the veteran like Elvis Andrews probably didn't like the two rookies doing like messing around with him at second <laughs> base. But you gotta do what you gotta do to win a ball game. Anyways, that's the end of the series. Good series win overall. Sweep would have been great, but hey. Take one game at a time. Big series against the Red Sox coming up. John, what do you got for us for estimate for this next series? Well, the Mets are shipping up to Boston, changing their socks up. Nice. Those, are the, only, those are the only two things I can think of right now. <laughs> um, so shout out DJ Stewart, his 435-foot blast. There were a lot of blasts in this series. Oh, yeah. A lot of blasts. But uh, Stewart's was the longest. So Mark's the winner for this episode. And now we're going to go with... Uh, we're going to make the monster the focus of this estimate. I kind of knew he was going to do that. Yeah, yeah you yeah. have to. By the way, the Red Sox are missing out on a lot of sponsorship money. The monster should be an LED. What do you think about that? Absolutely no. not. Yes. It's crazy. An LED? Yes. It's insane. Install. Make the entire thing LED. You no. can make it green for most part, and then... 
Think of the, all the things you could do if you made that thing a, a giant LED screen. You, you could put all the revenue. You could just throw. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, but, John, am I you wrong? the villain in the movies? Of course. Yeah, if they're trying they to make money, yeah. so much cool stuff. They have the uh, LED lights now. It's they don't need to. They don't it's need the a Red gimmick. Sox. They have the they have the the they're, green monster. They're one That's of the it. most historic organizations in baseball. You want to and bastardize them like that? It's not bastardizing. It's just getting with the times. I don't know. But getting with the times. It's a hundred year old ballpark. <laughs> I know. I mean, the Cubs great, did, great <laughs> bathrooms at Fenway. Shockingly great bathrooms. They, they, they have the thing no, like really. Just not, do they have the thing on the wall? No, where they're you not trough right people. off. That's what no. I just said. Yeah, uh, they're not troughs. They have your. There has and to they, be a, a, a trough in Fenway. There's Park. like 15 stalls in each bathroom. That's that's a dream for me. That's a it's a big it's a big drinking. You city. ever been in the yeah. clubhouse? <laughs> you ever been in the clubhouse at Fenway? No, no. Oh my. <laughs> what do you mean? Have we ever been? In the, <laughs> oh no, maybe you took a jerk. tour of Fenway. It's a thing that people do. Okay, okay, okay. okay, right. okay. Sorry, jump down, jump down your throat there a little bit. Sheesh, guys. You guys ever have dinner with David Ortiz? Carlos Rodon. I haven't done that, but <laughs> yeah, Carlos Rodon. <laughs> the uh, that's pretty good. The, cool. Dude, the clubhouses there are tiny. <laughs> Both clubhouses, home and away. I can imagine. Yeah. tiny as hell. Hundred so. years old. What? Hundred years old. I know, but like <laughs> Wrigley's just as old, right? Yeah. Yeah. They've made a lot of. 2023 type upgrades to Wrigley. Things that if I told you 20, 30 years ago, I mean, they put lights at Wrigley Field. That's why 40 they can't years spend ago. on their team anymore? Yeah. Well, the Red Sox probably could, but. I don't know. I just see the monster, and I'm like, God, if they just put even half of that thing as LED, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Anyway, yeah. What's the estimate? The estimate <laughs> is the estimate is balls hit over either or off the monster. Okay, monster. I yeah. kind of like that. Off or over? Off or over? Wow, I don't even know. Jose Offerman, about that. former Red Sox great. I mean, three games. Francisco James Paxson, so Pepperin. there's going to be some righties in the lineup, which is yeah. nice. That's going to help. Lindor will be swinging righty. Love it when he swings righty. We also have a TBA for the Red Sox on Saturday. I'm not Who sure that that's going to be. Who could that even possibly be? I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that, I guess. Tanner Houck, preview. maybe? Um, I got a number. It's yeah. by both teams, right? Both teams, yes. Okay. Yeah, good, 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 good question. Good question. Too. All right. Count us down. All right. Three, two, one. Eleven. Seven. Ooh. 7-11. Nice. Nice. Go get, go get Slurpee after this. Nope. No free ads. No, none. <laughs> no free ads. I, I actually, you know what's actually funny? This is the second consecutive episode where we did mention that convenience store. Yeah. Yeah, I mentioned it last time on Sunday. That's weird. Listen, yes. that's all we'll say about it. So 7 and 11. Yeah, hey, shipping up to Boston. As John said, the Mets are going to play the Red Sox. I think the Mets and the Red Sox have always had this, like, you know, look across the room, like, yeah, right, oh, we're, we're you're, yeah, tight. you're my guy. We also have that with them because, like, they blew the worst World Series ever against us for sure. Yeah. So, like, yeah, and it's also envy. My enemy is my friends. Mets and Red Sox are fun. They're also, it's just, these are, you know, these are yeoman teams. Yes. Yeah. Yeoman. Yeoman. Wow. Yeah. They yeah, are. We haven't had an SAT word <laughs> of the day in a while on the pod. Salt of the Earth fan base, salt of the Earth team, salt of the Earth people. And a Red Sox team coming in was almost going to be coming into the series blazing hot. They had won 11 of 13 before just dropping two in a row to my Oakland Athletics. Yeah. Yeah. So, And uh, this Red Sox team also, they're doing this weird thing where they're just kind of finding talent completely out of nowhere. <laughs> like Connor Wong? Yeah, like Heimblum is, I mean, Connor Wong, major piece in the Mookie Betts trade. Yeah, I, I guess mean, that's Don't true. get it twisted yeah. here for a second, guys. At least they still have him. Yeah, right? <laughs> like Cheater Downs. Yeah, God, that was a bad, oh. that was a bad pull. Whenever a prospect gets traded twice like that, it's always, I'm always so skeptical of them, you know? Yeah, he's got to Like, be. you get traded once, you're like, okay, you got traded once. Second, a prospect moves twice, like, they're, how? Someone doesn't want you. Yeah, it's hard. Like, Taylor Trammell was similar in this ilk. I'm trying to think of another one. But Travis Darno was like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. He, he kind of worked out, but he was traded twice. It took a prospect. long time from the workout, though. Injuries. Injuries. Yeah, it took Braves that. voodoo, too. So. Yeah, Rays well, Rays voodoo, voodoo first. Rays voodoo. I guess the Rays got him first. And the Dodgers had him really first before all of that. That is yeah, true. So yeah. wild. And the Mets had him first before all of them, too. Well, yeah. then, and before them was the Blue Jays and the Phillies. Phillies. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Phillies. Yeah, Phillies. Wild, I believe. Yeah, but 
They just, this team has a lot of very interesting pieces that you wouldn't think fit together well, but now they're surging. They're in fourth place in the AL East because the Yankees are in fifth. They are in last place. They are in last place. Yeah, you're going to see them next week, so we're going to get their, our shots in now. But very exciting top of the order. I think Justin Turner's on one. 18-game hitting streak right now. 15, longest, I think. 15, 15, 16. Longest active in the majors. Rafael Devers having another good season. Alex Verdugo started hot. He's been a little, you know, so-so, but makes a lot of contact. Mastaka Yoshida, if you guys aren't hip to Mastaka Yoshida, awesome. he's... He's really in the thick of it for the AL uh, Rookie of the Year race. He came over from Japan this year, similar to Kodai Senga. People really gave the Red Sox a lot of flack for the large contract they gave him, yeah. and he has earned it in spades. He is an incredible yeah. hitter. He's having an amazing season. Contact, even some power, which is sneaky, that no one really thought he was going to have. He's Been a short king. Yeah, he is short king. Pulling up his stats now. Fangraphs is loathing. He's had a 317 average and a 140 WRC plus year, a 503 slug. Which, again, for a rookie, first year it's in the awesome. league, it's pretty unbelievable. 70 hit tool, it just makes a lot of contact. He's and I feel like hitters also usually have a much harder time from Japan to America because the pitching is really, really different. Like, obviously, the ball and stuff and the mound and everything is different in Japan a little bit. Yeah. But the hit, the pitching that you face as a hitter is so drastically different from Japan to here. Yeah, just velocity in general. I mean, we also are kind of seeing now these last, like, what, five years? It seems like the caliber of player coming over from Japan, even Korea, now looking at the way Hassan Kim has developed the last few years. Just, it used to be so much, I feel like, more of a crapshoot. Now it's like, these are some really good baseball players. You get some real numbers now. You can get exit velos on yeah, these right. guys. You <laughs> get all that pitch kind of stuff. And then you just watch them win the World Baseball Classic. So, again, it's another. And that was kind of his coming out party. Like, that yeah. was everyone's like, whoa, this guy can really play. I saw a lot of power from him there. And again, Justin Turner, just he's, he's so old, and he's just having such a good season once again. Turning 39 later this year, it's ridiculous. And Jaron Duran, very exciting. Yeah, Mark's loved Jaron Duran for a while. 27 years old already, so kind of this probably yeah. is his peak season. But blazing fast, has a crazy swing, really just puts his whole body into it. Great center fielder. Yeah, great center fielder. Really, really fun baseball player. Jacked. Yes, he's big arms. Big boy. Yoked. Yeah, yeah they, they got some interesting players on the offensive side. Pitching-wise is would be where there's like a weakness, for sure. That's yeah. definitely not their strong suit, but... Guy like James Paxton, who we're going to face in Game One, has been pitching great all year long. Your boy Cutter Crawford has been Cut. so hot and cold. Cut but he's been when he's hot, no. he's great. He's been on it this year. I'm trying to look at his uh, pitch stats right now because I believe it is Cutter, not his Cutter. That's why I'm thinking that because the name. But just to talk about Paxton for a second. Paxton threw what, like maybe six starts combined for the last three seasons. He didn't pitch at all in 2022. He made one start in 21 and then five with the Yankees in 2020. So six starts since 2020 and this year in 60 innings he has oh, I can't find these stats right he's throwing back to throwing 96 miles an hour 3.5 ERA he's having a really good season yeah. he's really really got me good in some fantasy teams right now and Cutter Crawford's another guy who it seems like is just might just be good yeah like this is just kind of happening and this is something that I feel like a lot of Red Sox fans were very hesitant to uh to trust this new regime and I think a lot of them probably still don't because this isn't exactly success the way the Boston Red Sox are used to success yet so far but this, like, finding these diamonds in the rough. Like, this is what you kind of expect the general manager, like Hein Bloom coming from the Rays, general manager tree to do. But Cutter Crawford, yeah, actually is a Cutter. has been doing well. Cutter, curveball, a little bit of a splitter this year, and a lot of high fastballs. High fastballs in a great shape. It's kind of, it's really good pitch mix. Wow, Cutter Crawford's fun. I'm excited that we're going to get to see Cutter Crawford up close. Also, Brian Bayo, great pitcher, great young pitcher. We're not going to see him this series, but he's another exciting young arm for the Red Sox. Get to see a former uh, friend of the podcast, Joely Rodriguez as well. Yeah. Back up with the Red Sox. So might see a little Joely uh, sighting. <laughs> and and relief ace, Nick Pavetta. He actually, that Sunday game could be his return to the rotation. Could if be. they decide to do that. Just use an opener and then bring on Pavetta. Pavetta got 13 strikeouts. I think it was Monday. It was Monday or Tuesday night. 
against the Oakland Athletics. And you got to stat about yes, that. Yes, shout out to uh, Steve Peral and Joey Capone of Inside the Monster podcast with the Red Sox. Just went on and did a little Mets preview with them. They told me that Nick Pavetta is the second pitcher in baseball history to strike out 13 in a relief appearance, and the other guy was Randy Johnson. Yeah. Crazy stat. And Pavetta's just had this amazing stuff for years. He's a guy that just being a fancy baseball lunatic that I am. I'm always like, this is going to be the Pavetta year. He's going to break out finally. He has this great fastball, gets the great hoppy action, really good velocity, and amazing curveball. Now like, that just, he's not on the Phillies, I love it. Yeah, right? Just put these two together. You have to be good eventually. Now, we've seen in the last couple of years a few guys, namely Kevin Gaussman, get like really lose it in the starting rotation, get moved to the bullpen by an organization that probably knows what they're doing in terms of like pitch design and planning. And really just find your way into like being a very good pitcher. Like this happened with Gaussman kind of with the Reds, and he did it for a little bit that first year with the Giants. And the second year with the Giants, you guys remember, is when he completely blew up. Yeah. I'm not saying it's gonna happen to Pavetta. He's already 30 years old. He's the same age Gaussman actually was when he did blow up. And Gaussman had much different pedigree as like a superstar prospect out of yeah. LSU, really high draft pick, unlike Pavetta, who's just kind of like a data darling. But Really excited to see what he's doing. And Kenley Jansen's just had a really good season again, coming out 36 years old, went to driveline again for like the fourth winner in a row, got more movement in that cutter. Guy looks great. Yeah, no, I mean, they've, they've had a very, very solid year this year, the Red Sox. I think the Mets can definitely take the series from them. It's not like an unbeatable team by any no, means. No, of course. And also, another weird thing about the Red Sox, they probably have the most lefty heavy bullpen in baseball. They're usually employing like half really? lefties in that pen. Yeah. They, and they do that thing oh, wow. that the Rays used to do, where they kind of like have relievers around the clock. Like you're going to see a lot of different arm slots this series, which is pretty fun. Yeah, Richard Blyer, yeah, Brennan Richard. Bernardino. Yeah. I don't know who that guy is. And Joely, Brandon Walter, also Joe Joe Jocks. I don't know these guys. Brandon Bernardino is literally a player I've never heard of in my life. Yeah, me neither. That's same, impressive. Same with Joe Jocks. Joe Jocks. <laughs> Joe Jocks. <laughs> Joe Jocks. Shout out to you. All right, I think that's pretty much it for the episode. Yeah, right. Joe Jocks. <laughs> guys, thank you so much for listening and watching. You know where to follow us on all our social media at Mets Up. Go subscribe to the New York Mets YouTube channel if you want to see the video version of what we do over here. If you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it is, download, subscribe, drop us a rating, drop us a review. We really do appreciate it. Follow James on Twitter at James underscore Shiano. Me, Giraffe Neck Mark with a C. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. And we'll catch you after the Red Sox series. Peace. Peace. See you guys next time.